Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. What's good, baby? It's Damian Barling, one half of D-Lo and KC. And thank you so much for downloading the podcast here. We really appreciate it. And hopefully you're a subscriber of the podcast. That way you get every single episode, every single day, every single interview, every single clip, every single bit of King's News delivered right here to your mobile device. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Apple, Spotify, Google Play. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Stitcher or the Odyssey app. You'll get every single episode delivered right here to your mobile device. And if you're using one of the platforms that allow you to rate and review the show, please do, particularly on Apple Podcasts, as I know that's where most of you are listening from. If you could hit the five-star review, if you think we're worth it, it only takes a split second. And if you could leave a review, that would be great as well. The review's cool. Again, it only takes a couple of seconds to do that, but it literally takes just a split second to hit that five-star button, man. We really appreciate you for being here with us. and Enjoy the show. been a good couple hours or something oh, i was just man wow wait how does how's it go how's it go how's it, how's it go i'm damien barling the ultimate needle mover in god mode 
himself. He's getting Caraway. Yes, sir. Acknowledge me. Win here. Shout out to Kyle and James for holding things down for us. Uh, a little bit longer than we anticipated. Uh, shout out to the Sacramento Kings, uh, Kendra Montgomery Block, um, uh, Beyond Black. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what was, was that Will's squad? Shout out to my squad? girl V, too. Shout Black and Beyond. V. No, it was Black and Beyond. Will's crew. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Black and Beyond, yeah. yeah. We're bringing that to Odyssey. Black and Beyond. Absolutely. Uh, an shout amazing... out to my girl V, man. V the truth, man. She do her thing out there with the Kings as well. Uh, shout out to Dr. Flo. She going to come Dr. hang out Dr. Flo in the well. building as well. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Man, we had a... Um, we had a tremendous time at the at a, at a, at a Black History Month lunch uh, that the Sacramento Kings hosted and uh, had us out. I'm still confused. Are we working tonight? I, I, Did you hear? What? Yeah, like yeah. we heard it multiple we, times too. We, we were asked multiple times today if we're MC. You guys are MCing tonight, right? If someone, if, they, if we can't, all right, yeah, all some, right. Somebody forgot to relay that message we were to supposed us. To, if we uh, are. Well, the original plan we were supposed to talk to. Uh, Miss Spellman, who was yeah, very was, impressive. That, we, that, the, the, the youth is in good hands. We man. were supposed she, to talk to Miss Spellman and Laney, and yeah. uh, yet here we are, all alone. <laughs> we do have Will Z joining us. We, we should have Matt George. Matt George is dealing with a couple of things, but I think we'll have Matt George uh, in the final hour Shout of the show. Shout out to that juice, too. What was that called again? I don't know. I forgot. Hey, I, I don't know. Hey, <laughs> what was that juice called again? <laughs> Tell, hey, say what the juice was called. Yo, we had we had peach cobbler, we had banana pudding, and what was the juice that we had next to the ice water? What, what was it? I think it was a freedom cocktail. It was a freedom mocktail. That's what it was. <laughs> it was bomb, though. It was bomb. Still got a long way to go. <laughs> Yo, we had a we had a great time, man. That's that's we do, we, we we try not to miss the show. Uh, too often, but thankfully James and Kyle were here to take care of things, and that was a an event we didn't want to miss. As it's HBCU night at the Golden One Center, as the Sacramento Kings return to basketball. Yes, this evening. Um, I didn't need this one tonight, dog. Kind of sounds like yeah. it sounds like Domas is a is a goal. He, he was at practice. It was or excuse me, shoot around. It's a full. I'm surprised. That, I'm surprised to hear that. To be honest with you, yeah, me too. I, w- I, I was. I had already mentally prepared for like, yeah, it ain't happening. Don't yeah. mind. We'll see him on Sunday. Yeah, Sean tweeted this morning he was upgraded, and then uh, he was a full participant at shoot around. I can't imagine. Like, we're not talking an injury here. We're talking an illness, right? Uh, if he's participating in practice, I gotta or shoot around. Sorry, I, I gotta imagine that's a that's a pretty good sign for tonight. He went from doubtful, I think, last night to questionable this morning. Yeah, and it's it's. I would say a great sign as long as, you know, he doesn't feel worse after the shoot around or anything. So I'd expect him to play, but Domas ain't trying to miss no games. No, nah, he's he not. He ain't missed man. a game this year, has he? Not, no, I don't think so. M and H B. Yeah, I don't think so. That's, Harrison, there we and, go. and and no, no shade to Harrison, but that's impressive with Domas because he plays such a physical style of. But yeah, he gets the crap kicked out of him on yeah, the night. Yeah, well, and then basis. you know he's dipping the shoulder every time around. I'm sorry. He's dipping the shoulder. The shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. shoulder, shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to our boy, uh, Shout out Butcher Butch, Boy man. Joe Much love, Shasky. big dog. Much love. Uh, send you some love. And, hey, while we're here, congrats to Bonte. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea Bonte wasn't married. No clue <laughs> yeah. that he was on that Kenny Carraway plan. Uh, he, they posted some pictures on IG this morning, and I was like, oh, this, this is a throwback Thursday? It's it like, that looks like Bonte now. <laughs> 
Oh, all right. Hey, did Salute. you pee, did you peep his shirt in the? Uh, oh, in I the, saw it. Come on, I now. saw it. He got that from you? No, did he get it from you? He didn't get it from me. Man, Barry Abonte. Man, I'm telling you, bro, it's a whole nother level. It's a whole nother level for 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 guys like D'Lo and Bonte. Black and Beyond coming to Odyssey here soon. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But uh, yeah, don't shout mind. out to Sasha. We saw Sasha too. We did see Kenny, Sasha. Kenny I was like, him, "Hey, get well Kenny, soon." Hey, okay, jackass, <laughs> keep it moving. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Sasha just looked at him. Oh, okay, this is a shoot. I really, yeah. we really saw Sasha. We did. We were walking <laughs> and I really kid. told him to get well soon, and he's like, ah, "Thanks, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever." <laughs> out of my face. All right. Sir. Oh man, but the get original well. point. Domas looks to be back, and um, that's big, man. I was, uh, yeah, I had, ro- I, <laughs> the, 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 I had, I was like you. I was all right. It's fine. Like I, I mean, from a playmaking standpoint, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like De'Aaron, Malik, and I even think Harrison Barnes to a certain degree mm-hmm. can do a lot of playmaking. It's, it's fine. It's, they can handle that part. They're going to miss the points, and these dudes are going to have to get active on the boards. Like they can't be passive when it comes to rebounding the basketball. No, well, interesting enough, not that like. I want Domas to miss or anything like that. We figure all things out with Domas Sabonis in the lineup. But part of me was like, all right, Domas is like 6'10". I wouldn't mind, you know, maybe a little bit more than usual throwing Alex Lynn at him or even mm. JaVale or something like that yeah. to try and match up, uh, match up size-wise. But the interesting thing is it doesn't feel like Wimby – Understands that he's seven four yet. Mm. <laughs> he's still he out here. He's still out here trying to be Kobe. Yeah, like, you're seven four, sir. So, you know, maybe you know you can. Right now, at this point in his career, you can kind of get away with maybe an undersized center or going small or something like that. Um, you hear but he's a handful. You hear variations of this phrase all of the time about you know guys might not understand their body yet, mm. and I think in the league, like what exactly can I do with my frame? Mm-hmm. How do I know how my frame matches up against a certain, you know, the group that I've been playing with when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, like now, like how does my, how, how does my frame match up against these guys in the NBA? And I do think it, it takes time for, for guys like for, for young players, not guys like Victor Wimbledon, but young players to learn that. And then when you're talking about 19, 20, 21 year olds, they're, Frames are going to evolve. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like when he, when the frame evolves, when he understands how to use it, it's crazy. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be league. nuts. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. But I, I still feel even today, uh, Coach Pop, as great as he is, three times a quarter. Hey, um, what's one of the on two K? They call like punch five, where you just literally clear out one side, get your big man on the block, throw him the ball. Punch five to Victor at mm-hmm. least three times a quarter. Mm-hmm. Get him the ball on the block. He's seven four. Let him go to work, and we'll see if they they do that. I haven't watched a whole lot of Spurs basketball, um, like the whole game, but we'll see if that's, that's something that they incorporate. It doesn't feel like they do. Like when I watch the Spurs, he's not really on the block as much as you think he should be. For being seven four, can't believe you just said that. You if you you don't know ball if you ain't been watching eleven and forty four Spurs this year. I mean, they're on. Mm-hmm. I don't need league pass to watch. No, them. you don't need that. All you need is a television. <laughs> and there they are. Uh, and every once in a while, you tune into one of those 
what looks like a crappy game and you see Victor Wimbanyama do something sensational. It's like, yeah. all right, okay, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> maybe it's not so bad. This is going to be a nerve-wracking stretch of the season for the Kings. This is not the position they were in last year. Mm-hmm. And, and more specifically, maybe less about the Sacramento Kings as they are in control of you know what happens to them, but more for the Sacramento Kings fan base. It was nerve-wracking in the sense of no one believed that they could hold on to the three. Mm. There were people, oh, you know, if they they finished top six, boy, they did good. But, you know, gosh, there's no shame in the playing. Right. That was the conversation this time last year starting the second part of the season. Well, now they're in playing territory. Granted, it's by a fraction, but that is where they are. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, given there's Phoenix – and there's, you know, the, the 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 Pelicans. There's the Lakers behind them. You still got the Warriors doing what they're doing. You've got you've got a multitude of teams that you're watching. This is we're watching the scoreboard every night. Yeah, like we're looking at matchups. That you know, we got uh, Dallas and Phoenix tonight. All right, mm-hmm. works for the Kings no matter what. Kings mm-hmm. get a dub. Kings do what they're supposed to do. That 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 matchup works for them. I think we got uh Houston and New Orleans as well. Mm-hmm. That's the other one. Like, hey, I, I'll root for the Rockets. Hell, to be honest with you, Lakers, Warriors. Yeah, and that, and that was the other one. You know what yep. I mean, like, yep. no LeBron. Uh, Tie. Both of you lose. <laughs> or seven overtimes. No, like that's UConn fine, too. and Syracuse. Um, but, yeah, yeah like I'm, out. Yep. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at those two teams, and I'm saying if I'm the Kings, let me – Worst case scenario, let me stay in eight and those two teams knock each other out in that first playing game. Mm. That 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 to me that's the well, worst case scenario would be just be ten and you still have a chance. But I like to be seven, eight. Worst case scenario is eleven. Well, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think they're pretty slightly safe. unlikely. I feel like they're slightly unlikely. Yeah. But you know, I want to have two chances at the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Um, and guaranteed to have one at home in that situation as well. But you, you laid out the other games. I mean, Phoenix-Dallas, mm-hmm. if I had to choose, probably because I don't necessarily believe in Dallas like that, mm-hmm. go get that win tonight. Mm-hmm. Get one on, on Phoenix. Well, also, we only got the one against Phoenix at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas not because we 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 can, you can only control so much with Phoenix mm-hmm. because you 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 missed a couple of opportunities you know along the way with them to kind of not take them well, out of the equation. Well, but, they're two and two, right? Mm-hmm. And there's one left, so you can still win that series. Yeah, but it's yeah. the last game of the season. Yeah, so it it, it may mean everything. It may mean mm-hmm. nothing. But with Dallas, Dallas gets the win tonight. You've 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 got multiple games against Dallas. Mm-hmm. You you know we've talked about the importance of that uh, uh, Dallas at Sacramento Dallas at Sacramento stretch at the end of March right um, but this is the nature of the next twenty seven games this is D'Lo and KC now for the rest of the year hey Kings got the uh, the Clippers this weekend okay cool who else plays this weekend we're coming back Monday hey you know Clippers and Kings blah 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 okay what else happened. Mm-hmm. We start running through the rest of these results, and here's what it means. And Sacramento moved up. I mean, they 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 there was a when they beat Denver. It couldn't have been Denver, was it Denver? Maybe because they played before everyone else did. I feel like when they beat Denver, they moved back to five for a second. 
for the who the the, the Kings, Kings did this last game against Denver. Yeah, maybe yeah, it was yeah. the maybe because they lost the game before Thunder. Maybe it was the other Nuggets win. I'm not sure. It I might have been was, the other Nuggets. I think it win. was the one on a Friday night after the, the Pistons the game. Yeah. yeah, it might have been the the other Nuggets win where they kind of was like, all right, they back there at fifth, and they lost yeah. to Oklahoma City, yeah. and and things kind of went yeah. the way that they did. You, I mean, you just kind of broke it down a little bit, but they win tonight, and uh, the Suns lose. They're at they're a half game out of five, maybe. Yeah, half game out of five, and who knows who's in five? Because mm-hmm. I don't know the tiebreaker situation with Dallas and Phoenix. Dallas could move up to five with a, a win tonight against Phoenix because they may have the tiebreaker. And they're currently in seventh. Yeah, so a lot a lot can change in 24 to 48 hours standing-wise, and it's going to yep. be that way. It feels yep. like it's going to be that way yep. for that whole second half. Yeah, most definitely. And you you you, you talk about the Lakers and, and, and the Warriors tonight. The Lakers managed to get that one. You, you start factoring Utah back into this. Like, you should factor Utah into this, period. But I, I think Golden State has, you know, Golden State might have the opportunity to pull away from them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think Utah's trending in the wrong direction. They are. Yeah, yeah they absolutely They've struggled are. as of late. So is Houston. Like, mm-hmm. those, you know, that's why we're talking about worst-case worst scenarios, 11th, but that's probably not very likely because right. Utah, Houston, those are teams going in I mean, the that, opposite direction. That would be, I, I'm – Knock on wood or whatever, but that'd be a collapse. It's an epic collapse. Yep. Uh, yep. To, to fall out of that whole situation. And somebody have to get hot, too. Yeah. And it's likely only Utah or Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memphis, Portland, and San Antonio. San Antonio's probably two or three games away from being eliminated from playoff contention at this point. Pretty much. I mean, De- got Detroit's knocking at the door. Well, I don't know how they're, I don't know how they're not in the house. <laughs> what matter? I, well, I can tell you. I can tell you why. Uh, because your Atlanta Hawks are in the tenth spot at twenty four and thirty one. That's why. Uh, there's yeah. I guess there's more than fifteen games left in the season. That's it. But we're getting there. Jeez, <laughs> the Pistons should have their <laughs> yeah. feet up on the yeah. cu- on yeah. the couch and everything. So, they'll be rooted out by St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and Washington right there. Well, too. right there too. Right there. Then, Holding a one game over Detroit. That is crazy. And how many games in a row did they lose? It was 20-something. Like was it 27? I was it, yeah, I think it was 27. 27 games in a row, and Washington is exactly one game better. Wow. Wow. Mm-mm. Well. Jesse? 28. It's 28 games 28. in a row. 28. You guys was, gave much credit. Was that the record? Or did they yeah, tie yeah, no, the record? I thought they broke the record. I thought they broke it. They by, lost. A game, by a game or two. They, lost. Yeah, they tied the um, 76ers' continuous record. Because I think that Philly over um, the course of two seasons. Oh, so yeah. they tied Philly's, Philly's record. Okay. I feel like Philly lost like the first two games of the following season or something like that. Something crazy. Wow. Unbelievable. Trust yeah. the process. But, I mean, the whole point of this is you talk about San Antonio. I mean, this is the game you got to have tonight, man. No messing around. We, we know the Kings have been uh, prone to that this year. A couple of different times, can't have that tonight, man. And and you know I'm not, you know I'm always leery about the must wins and all this other stuff because there's still 27 games left. If you lost tonight, it doesn't mean that you can't achieve your goals. But 
man, you, you want to win this game. Come on, man. There ain't no mess. And you, yeah, you, you want to do it fairly comfortable. I'm not saying you got to blow them out, but we shouldn't be sweating this tone. out. Yeah, we shouldn't yeah, be sweating this out with under a minute to go hey, in this game. Those are NBA players, too. Mm-hmm. This, this is an 11 win basketball. They got team. players I like. This I is like a, Devin Vassell. I like Keon, uh, Johnson. Keldon Johnson. Keldon yeah. Johnson. I like Wimby, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Jones still over there? I think Trey Jones over there, yeah. This I like is him too. an 11. And you can name the whole roster if you want to. It's an 11 and 44 team. <laughs> let, let's, well, say, <laughs> let's say the Kings do come out flat or whatever and say they do lose to the Spurs. Does that affect how you guys are thinking the rest of the season you guys just like you know what they're not it's like it's just this is who the kings are i'm not even going to be hopeful they'll turn it around part of me jesse would be like it's par for the course like a part of me would i don't like living like this but part of me be like they'll probably beat the clippers on sunday Mm. like it would it would be Mm. par for the course and what we're looking for i think is not par for the course yeah we want to see a little different better than what we've seen before yeah be better It'd be it'd be extremely dis. It would be maybe even more disappointing and upsetting than the Detroit loss. Yeah, no, you, I think it would. Just because you finished the way you did, playing well. I know you went one and one, but you you finished. You beat playing, Denver. Yeah, you your, beat your Denver. last impression is them beating. Denver. Yeah, you had all this time. You got the off. rest. No All Stars. De'Aaron wasn't in Indiana. Domas wasn't in Indiana. That'd be upsetting. Yeah, it'd be it'd suck. I feel like whatever hope that fans have built up or whatever we've expected to see like going forward. I feel like they would just take all the wind out of the cell. Oh, hundred percent. Like just all that's just gone now. It's just, all right, we'll see how it goes. Then. Yeah. That'd be a kick to the stomach. Yeah. Mm. That'd be a kick to the stomach. Yeah. So I, I mean, like I would say here, lock in on some of the things that you're trying to do on the, on the defensive end. Um, I know you're not a defense team, but let that get your, get your, get your, uh, your feet wet, get, get back into the groove of playing basketball, start that on the defensive end. You'll find your way offensively and try and put some of that stuff to, uh, stuff to use that you've talked about, you know, since you came back for practice, Mm -hmm. you know, guarding at three and, um, using your defense to create offense, try and put some, some of that to work. Malik said yesterday, I, I, (laughs) I think there's so much validity in this. Malik said yesterday, um, he, he wasn't asked about the team winning or losing. It was more about like the break, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, we got tired of each other. <laughs> You're on these long road trips. You're around each other all of the time, mm-hmm. and I do think there is a certain level of get out of my face, mm-hmm. like leave me alone. I don't want to be around you anymore." Mm-hmm. And it. That could be like you could be that could be Malik to De'Aaron. That could be Malik to Mike. That could be Mike to Domont. Like that could that's all of them. Mm-hmm. You're around these dudes all of the time, and they had that long ass road trip together. Came back immediately, had to play a bunch of games, then go travel a couple to a couple of more cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I can't stress enough how much I believe in that. Sometimes a day off from practice isn't just a day off from practice and like the physicality and the up and down and all of that. It's getting away from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Malik you, said it twice, well, so he was really sick of someone <laughs> on that team. I don't know who, but he was really tired of somebody. Well, well look, you, you you know you're my guy, you're my dog, but that's what the weekends are for. Facts, <laughs> like, you know, what I'm saying like we we do not Damon hang out on the weekends. We don't talk on the weekends. We don't hang out on the weekends. We completely decompress and meet back up on Monday. And the 50 hours we spend together during the week <laughs> is more than enough. So yeah, that happens. But what Malik is also saying is also a product of 
and I, I kind of feel like we overlooked this just as, as a media and as a collective. That schedule they had for about a month and a half, two yeah. months. It's a lot of road games. A yep. lot of road games. And this finishing up February and going into March, it's going to be almost the complete opposite. A lot of home games, not too many road games. And they've got to take advantage of that as well. I think that's – I think. Uh, do you think Kings are 15-9 and nine at home? They're not – the Celtics, but they're well above 500. They played better at home than they did last year, I think, at this point. Do you think we've kind of glossed over the fact that they haven't been home for almost two months consistently? Um, When we talk about, like, their struggles and they don't look right, all this other stuff. They've still, they've, even with all that, they still maintain to be two games over 500 on the road. Yeah. Uh, n- No. I don't think we glossed over it. Um, I think there's, I don't know, man. It like, it's it's not that that I think sticks out in people's head. It's the Detroit stuff, mm-hmm. the Charlottes, the Portland, well, it was like the that. First game of. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It was no, the no, first game ahead. after a long road trip. Schedule laws, damn you know. Schedule laws. It still felt like the road trip. It did. Everyone knows the first game back from a road trip is the toughest game of the road trip. Everyone knows this. Hey, and look, I'm I'm a little tongue-in-cheek, but I think Charlotte was off a road trip too. It was. (laughs) Everyone knows that's the second hardest game of a road trip. (laughs) Charlotte was off the road trip, first game back. I wonder what the record is on the first game back this year. Hmm. You guys are idiots. (laughs) First game back. Third game's tough because you've been on the road trip for so long. It's already tired. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> hey, they lost to Indiana. First hey. game on the road trip. <laughs> Yo, these people are speaking gospel. They're speaking gospel. Hey, maybe if you stop speaking it, it'll stop happening. How about that? <laughs> stop telling everyone it's going to happen and maybe it'll actually stop happening. <laughs> Oh man. They're I think they're like 500 first game off a road trip this year. There is a but there but but it you can't get comfortable on the road. Mm-hmm. Because you're we we look at it as like you're on the road like it's one giant road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're in six different spots. Mm-hmm. Like you're 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 sleeping here one night and then you're, you know, you're playing your game, hopping on the flight, going to another spot. Mm-hmm. You can get comfortable at home. Right, like you can you can settle in and get into your routine, and the the game in the middle of a homestand, hmm. that's not a big deal. Like you're comfortable, right? Yeah. And then even you know the Kings. I don't I don't know that this is the case. Um, I don't know if they have a stretch like this. I don't even think they play the Warriors again. But how many They're times? How many times have we seen like the Kings play? Uh, five games at home to start the season, and then they have a couple of road games, but the road games are against the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Clippers, and they come back home, and then they got another road game. It's like in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and then they're back home. Right. You know what I mean? That's not flying to Minnesota right. or Denver or Utah. Or that's not flying You know any of these East Coast well, trips. That's what is about to happen. I mean, they're Spurs at home. Mm-hmm. At the Clippers on mm-hmm. Sunday, back home for Miami on Monday. So it's a road game, and you right. gotta you gotta move around for it. But it's um, 
it's a lot different feel it, than that that other stuff. We, we joke we joke a little bit about it, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't think they sh- should buy into it or nothing. But it is I can imagine you play a, a five game road trip, you come home for that first game, and especially the way the Kings schedule has been set up, it's not even like you're back at home. It's like a pit stop. Yeah, because you're you're off on the road. You come yep. home to play a game. Maybe you're home for a practice, another game, and then you back out for another week. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it doesn't. You talk about getting comfortable. They probably couldn't even get comfortable when they got back home. Mm-hmm. It was just like a pit stop. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it's been a change a your weird, bags, exactly, swap out right, your luggage, exactly. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a while, little. Um, like I said, that month and a half, two months with January and, and much of February has been. Uh, I can. I, I could understand where it might have been a little rough. Okay. Well, now you're home. Now you got to handle business. Come, come, come out and make a statement against the bad basketball you team. you got to handle business tonight. Uh, Will Z will break this day, game down by the numbers when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, back here with our man Will Z. Matt George going to join us in the final hour of the show as we get ready for the return of Kings basketball. The Sacramento Kings uh, at the the Sacramento Kings take on uh, the San Antonio Spurs at the Golden One Center. One little note for those going to the game last night. If you want to cop that actively black Mm -hmm. Sacramento Kings hoodie we've been sharing across social media, they got 150. Yeah, and they're in the That's store. It? And I'm going to tell y'all something right now. I get there early. I'm getting at least two. <laughs> so there's 148. <laughs> y'all better, y'all better get in there. Better get figure in that out and get those uh, <laughs> and, and celebrate our man uh, Lanny Smith, former Sacramento King. Yeah, man. Our man Lanny Smith. Man, Hell great of a story to too. Man. Yep, incredible story. Hopefully. We get to bring that to our airways soon. That's the yeah. Plan. I hope so. Uh, yeah, we don't awesome. have any. We don't have any. Uh, 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 people anymore that we got to go through. We've yeah. we've we've got the connect uh, straight to Lenny, so we can uh, make all of that happen. Um, and we got the connect uh, directly to Will Z here as we get ready for the Sacramento Kings and the San Antonio Spurs tonight. William, we can we can do whatever we want with this. This yep. is an eleven and forty four Spurs basketball team. Their 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 direction is clear. Let's get this young generational star ready to be a young generational star and take this team where it has to go. There, there was an article I read this morning. I think it was in the, the athletic that the goal for, for, for San Antonio is simple. They just want to finish strong. It doesn't mean they want to go out there and win the next 27 games. It means they want to go out there. They want to play well. They want to look good. The Sacramento Kings, they've used up their oops. They got us. 
Yep. They might have borrowed a couple as well. Um, what do the numbers tell us about uh, the San Antonio Spurs in this matchup with Sacramento? It's all about Wemby. And I think, like you said, they just play the right way. And finishing strong for them, I think, is just continuing to develop that style of play as a team, which they do a really good job of. They just don't have the talent to kind of bring it home. But you look at Wembenyama, and he's averaging 20.5 points, 10 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 3.2 blocks, and 1.1 steals per game. His three-point shooting is on the rise as of late, and he just does a little bit of everything. It feels like he's starting to figure out how to impact the game in a bigger way. It's just not impacting winning. So they've lost eight of their last nine leading into the All-Star break, and it seems like they don't really care about winning. Not in a bad way. Again, it's just his good play doesn't result in the Spurs winning which is, I think, fine for them where they're at in their development as an individual for him and as a team. One of the things that we've talked about, media's talked about, the Kings have talked about since they've come back from the All-Star break is defending the three-point line. Mm -hmm. Um, What do the numbers say about San Antonio shooting the three? I, I could be wrong, but I feel like Pop traditionally doesn't shoot the three that much. Uh, the Spurs mm-hmm. teams don't shoot the three that much, but uh, what's the what's the number we're looking for to make sure they stay below this time and they don't go above like everybody yeah. else has so far? So it really couldn't be a better setup for that discussion leading into tonight. The Spurs are last in the league with 33.9% from beyond the arc this year. That the matter. Kings, as everyone knows, are last in the league. Uh, opponents shoot 39.7% against them. That's not only the worst this year, that's the third worst history, third worst clip in the history of the NBA. So historically bad. We've risen from fourth to third. Why does something with Sacramento always have to be historically bad? Like (laughs) even when things are good, there's got to be some historically bad in there somewhere. It just feels fitting. But, Can we just have a normal uh, season for once? <laughs> I wish. It's There are teams where I'm looking and it's like, oh, they're average everywhere. Kings are either... There's no real average for the Kings, it seems like. <laughs> but the Spurs, their three-point volume is higher than I thought. Um, 36.5 attempts per game. That's 11th in the league. Wow. So they get up a decent amount. For reference, Kings were at uh, third with 40 per game. Mm. So they get up a decent amount. I just, they don't make them. And especially with um, Doug McDermott gone, that's one of their best three-point shooters in terms of volume and accuracy uh, that they had. He was shooting 43.9%, so you take that away. And their next leading three-point shooter, C.D. Osman, is he still with them? I think so. I don't remember if he got traded. No, I think Seti. You said Seti Osman, right? Seti? From Cleveland. Yeah, I yeah. think he's still with him. Yeah. He's at 37.7%, and that kind of leads the team 3.2 attempts per game. Vassell, 36.9%. So they just don't have the high volume, high percentage shooters to kind of take them home on any given night from three. He mentioned Doug McDermott, and I was like, didn't he destroy the Kings last year at the end of the season? He did. 30 off the bench for McDermott. Um, 
followed by Champagne's 26 off the bench. Oh, I remember in their that. late mm-hmm. March loss. Yes. Iconic uh, at home. Yeah, iconic. That that Just loss classic. put the Kings at uh, 47 and 31. Okay. They were 16 games over 500 with a chance to go 17 games. That's crazy. I wish we can get back to that. That's wild. Yeah. I, w- I wish we can get back to that, too. This would put them yeah. 9 or 10 if they This would put them, they're 31 and 23 right now. Okay. Put them 9 over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They got to get the job done first. Yeah. Uh, in, mm-hmm. in order for them to get to 16, 17, 18 games over 500 or whatever, three point defense obviously is, is going to be something everyone's talking about. Uh, something everybody has been talking about. It's something they've been talking about. They're going to have to be better at. Is there another statistic that you're watching here this second part of the season besides three-point defense, Will? Yeah, I think as boring as it is, and it's the other hot topic right now, is free throws. So the Kings, again, everyone knows it, but they are last in the league. They shoot uh, 73.2% from the free throw line. Next closest is the Raptors at 74.8, so it's not even close for them being last. And it's really difficult because I don't see a way that they will get better as a free throw shooting team. They're just a collection of average free throw shooters. Like, there's no one that's terrible, like in the low 60s. It's just Fox and Sabonis are their two high volume free throw shooters. And they're just kind of average. Uh, I think that they could increase a little bit, but they'd have to increase pretty drastically. Even getting back to what last year they were at would be nice. But unless you see Harrison Barnes attack the rim another three or four times a night, I think that's the only way you're going to see the team free throw percentage really take a rise. But I don't know, maybe it's something where everyone just gets a little bit better I just don't see them becoming a 80% free throw shooting team or anything like that for the last stretch. So it's just a continuation of can they make the free throws when it matters to me? You know, we'll, we, I look at this team a lot of the times and I say, man, I don't feel like they're far away from being the type of team that we thought we saw last year and even mm-hmm. being a little bit better. Um, little tweak here. This a little more consistency. Getting everybody playing well at the same time. Those little things like that. I don't think it's a situation where they're devoid of of talent or devoid of being able to do it. They just haven't been able to get it all clicking at the same time. Are the numbers kind of supporting that? Like, are you looking at are you looking at the numbers and being like, there's room for improvement? Like, you just talked about free throw shooting, but you know my beloved wide open threes you're getting Mm -hmm. great wide open looks but you're hitting below the number that you hit last year like you can get a couple percentage points higher and maybe that changes your your fortunes this year are are the numbers bearing out like kind of what i'm feeling as far as there's room for improvement and they don't need a whole lot of improvement to get better as a team if that makes any sense yeah it definitely does i think there is So looking at the wide open threes, they're averaging 22 per game. That's down to fourth in the league. Still a great number. 38.8%, which is good, but it's... I need 45. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11th worst in the league. So they still have that big room for growth there. 
in terms of just knock those down at a little bit higher of a clip. What's the what's the what's the league leaders percentage? Yeah. Uh Timberwolves forty two point one. And that's 40. on seventeen point eight attempts per game. I need so if you go by like just straight made, if you take out percent attempts, Kings are third with eight point five made per game, mm. which is good. But again, it's taking they're taking more shots to get there. What did you say the Kings number was? 38.8%. Okay. And you wanted at 40. Yeah, I wanted at 40. Okay. I think they can get to 40. I think Kevin Harder could shoot the ball better. I well, think Keegan and, could, could shoot the ball a little bit better. That that gets you to get you to 40. Okay. It feels like if they can just shift that and their three-point defense just a little, because three-point make or miss league right now is such a huge factor where if you can kind of flip the script just by a few percentage points you make a few more maybe raise it from 38 to 40 like you said kenny Mm -hmm. and drop the opponent wide open looks down to 38 percent that'd be a huge impact that's we're talking five point swing five to eight point swing maybe Mm -hmm. just with that so it feels like it's doable. Well, um, got a swing stat for tonight? Yeah, it's made free throws. So both teams are uh, pretty bad at their made free throws per game. Kings make uh, 15.9 per game. That's 25th in the league. And the Spurs are at 15.7 per game, 27th in the league. So something where I think the Kings will have the advantage with the volume. They get to the line more but the Spurs shoot it better. So how's that going to even out throughout the game? Again, it might not be close enough where it matters and the Kings could win with less made free throws just because of the three-point discrepancy, but it's just something I'll be keeping an eye on. All right, we're locked in. Head over to willzstats.com. Check out the great work he does uh, each game, uh, each time the Sacramento Kings play. Uh, He has an article posted. Again, that's willzstats.com. Uh, Will, we appreciate you, and uh, we'll connect next week, my man. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Yes, yes, man, Will Z. Again, willzstats.com. Uh, head over and check that out. You love that three-point stat, man. That wide-open three-point stat. I do. Keep generating them and then hit them at a higher clip. You can, If you can continue to generate them, I think the percentage will go up. And that's kind of been the talk of the last week, at least on from from me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels like if we're talking about a Sacramento King who's been up and down, right? If whether we're talking about Harrison, in Harrison's case, it was it wasn't necessarily his shooting was up and down. It was just he was either shooting or he wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's what he was doing. Yeah. With Herder, it was a little bit different. Yeah, Herder's shot was kind of all over the place. But really, it always boils down to the three point shot. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. If if Kevin Herter went one for 10 during a game, but went 0 for one for three. Mm-hmm. People would be looking at like, he only shot one three. <laughs> like that's what people would be looking at more than the one for 10. Right. On the, where the hell did those other shots come from? Right. Right. right? Like we're so, I think, I think the league as a whole is three point focus. Yeah. Sacramento, because the way this offense runs, we're really three point focused also. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Man, there's such a hyper, hyper attention. Like, listen, think about what we just talked about. We're talking about three point defense, right? And then that went into the discussion of the Kings 
hitting wide open threes. Yeah. And can Herter or Harrison hit at a higher clip mm-hmm. at the same time De'Aaron's playing close to a 30-point-per-game guy? Mm-hmm. At the same time, Malik Monk is playing uh, like a six-man of the year in the NBA. And at the same time, uh, Domas just continues to wreak havoc. Yeah. It's it's something that I know I personally stay focused on because it's – you know that they they're not the best three point shooting team in the league, but it is, it is essentially you know one of their superpowers, part of part of their superpower, which is their offense. That's this team the way they're constructed. That's how they're going to be most successful if they're scoring a high number of points and if that three ball is is dropping. That's their keys to victory. It's a dangerous way to live. I'm not saying that's necessarily how I'd build a team or or like the right way to go about it. I just know that's the way that this team has to go about it because, and it's not just do that and don't do anything else. I think it fuels everything that they're trying to do, which is also kind of backwards. You would want your defense to fuel everything because you can, you got more control over your defense than whether or not your jump shots fall or not. But just for seeing this team and the way they play for the last season and a half now, that's when they're at their best, when they're scoring high, they're getting the threes up, they're hitting the three ball, and that's when they're most dangerous. So that's the blueprint. Find a way to, once again, keep generating those looks, now hit a couple more a game. And I think you'll find yourself getting a couple more wins than what you did in the first. Turn, turning it around real quick, how do we explain them being historically bad like guarding the three-point line? Because Kyle just came in here right now and told me, too, like the last two months, I think teams are shooting 42.5% against them from the three-point line. Like, is that – like, how, how, that's that's insane, honestly. I don't know. I don't know, personally. Because, like, the one I think about is, like, Orlando. Orlando mm-hmm. stinks from beyond the arc. Yep. And they – not only were they hitting, they couldn't miss. They were laughing the it up. And, that, and that's the thing, too. It's not just, like, these teams that are, like, hot from three come in against the Kings and just blow them up. It's the whole league. So it's just like I don't I don't get what is like what their what the disconnect is with them. I don't know, and that's where we go back to what Mike, in to a certain degree, De'Aaron mm-hmm. talked about the other day. Mm-hmm. They really made it sound like it's a simple fix. Yeah. What Mike say? We got to close out. We got to close out better. Mm-hmm. We got to close out with more urgency. Mm-hmm. He made it sound so simple. He didn't say, "Well, you know," and maybe this is this is probably not something he'd say in a media scrum anyways though I always feel like Mike is pretty honest when it comes to demonstrating stuff or explaining stuff but it's not like he was well you know schematically we just think we got guys all over the place Malik's over there Harrison's over there Keegan's looking at the lights like just we're all wrong Jay's got guys in the wrong place it was nothing we got to close out better and we got to close out with more urgency Pressed on what urgency means, he said, a guy has to feel you. Mm-hmm. He has to not feel you in the sense of uh, physically. Like, he's got to know that you're coming to, to block this shot, yep. that you're coming to disrupt what he's doing. We don't do that enough. And it's it leads to what we've seen. Again, they made it sound so simple. So if it's that simple, are we talking about effort again with these guys? For, well, like so, as far as closing out and stuff, like Mike Brown's saying, like it's not schematically, just we need well, to close out better. And I'm not trying to say like they're not trying or whatever, but like just but what is it? Then? Here's where here's where Mike and, D, and, and that whole thing kind of missed me. 
and I don't mean to be a broken record with this, but it was the T.J. McConnell game. You had Mike Bibby on television while it's happening talking about what he would do. Mm-hmm. Mike Brown, immediately after the game, said the same exact thing, damn near verbatim, as if he was listening to Mike Bibby in his ear when he said it. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to believe Mike Brown said that while they were on the floor. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it. They didn't do it, and, and that and that's the killer. And and in the in the chat, Miles he, he asked, he says, "Casey, is there anything different schematically as a coach that you could do?" And a lot of and they they know what they need to do more than I do. They watch the film. They're the coaches. They're there every day. If they say closeouts, then closeouts is what it should be. I look at this from my seat, and I say I would roll it back a little bit and say, we need to keep guys in front of us. Because one of the reasons why you have to close out is because people are getting beat off the bounce so much. T.J. McConnell was a perfect example. You let him get to the paint at will, whether he was scoring or dishing out to others. Keep the guys in front of you. Do a better job. When you talk about they need to fill you, that needs to be at the original point of attack. They need to do a better job of keeping the guys in front of them, playing defense early in the defensive possession so there isn't as much scrambling around and having to close out and do all that stuff and making people get letting these guys get these wide open looks so I'm sure Mike Brown has talked about that as well but I know their emphasis was on the closeouts I would roll it back a little bit and say like we got to do a better job of guarding the basketball and keeping guys in front of us off the bounce okay that'd be my thought but to your other point I'm pretty sure he's saying that. Which <laughs> I'm is pretty why sure he was saying it before too. Which is why tonight's game feels like it's going to have such a like a hyper analysis to it. Mm-hmm. Because what's the excuse? Right? They're rested. Mm-hmm. Guys didn't go to the All Star break. You would, you have verbally to your media contingent addressed the issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you going to do it? Like and and it, like and I'm not of oh are you going to do it for the next twenty games? Nope. Are you going to do it tonight? Because if you do it tonight, I believe you could do it on Sunday. I don't care how good the Clippers are. Mm-hmm. If you're playing the same way, you're going to give yourself. Doesn't mean you're going to beat them. It means you're going to give yourself a better chance to to beat them. Yeah. So, game to game, are they going to be able to do it tonight? That's I think that's why everyone's kind of and of course there's the 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 you know the memories of losing to bad teams mm-hmm. right you know this is an 11 and 44 team you know there's a chance that Victor Wembanyama could do something crazy Victor Wembanyama gets triple doubles in what 27 minutes mm-hmm. like 30 point like massive triple doubles in 27 27 minutes yeah. all right is that going to lead to a Spurs win are the Spurs going to shoot 42% from 3 43% from 3 because i i think when you talk about you know when Jesse asked a minute ago what's this game do you know what's it what is it if they lose it's all like there's a you know we talk about the sense of change with the draft mm-hmm. and free agency and in in the trade deadline ah it's change this isn't necessarily change but it's it's new kings are refreshed <laughs> all right they're focused 
They know what it takes. No, that wasn't Vince. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Vince. It's not, that was, it's not Vince. It's redacted. No, it's, just, it's, it's redacted. <laughs> Always redacted from now it's, on. Uh, Mr. It's, redacted. It's um, CEO person. It's, like, that's what it is. CEO major company. That's all it is. But it's, it's you know, they're, they're rejuvenated. Yeah. All right. Last year, this exact time, everyone to T said you weren't going to make it. Mm. And you did. Best team in the league for a stretch. Mm-hmm. That's I think that sits in everyone's mind too. Okay. It's sure as hell sitting in mine. Mm-hmm. Y'all did it last year. Do it again. I'm gonna need you to see. I'm gonna need to see you do it again. Yeah, you can do it. And you had two all stars last year. Like two guys who actually had to go to the game last year. Yeah. You had two guys who didn't have a break last year. Three, four counting Keegan and Kevin Herter. Mm-hmm. None of that. They didn't even invite poor Kevin back. Poor Kevin. No, that we'll just get guy. some G League guys to fill your spot here, buddy. Didn't even <laughs> invite Kevin back to redeem himself. Everybody got to stay home or go do what they do. Everybody got to have a true break. Mm-hmm. All right. You I, was talking about albums during that commercial break a few minutes ago. All eyes on me, right. all eyes on them tonight. That's right. I know, and I understand. I'm not saying anybody's wrong, but I know there's always the thought that even though the records are the same or close to it, this year's team is not the same as last year's team, mm. right? But we romanticize who they are, who they were last year, and that team and all this other stuff. At the All Star break, they were thirty two and twenty five. There were seven games over five hundred. They turned up like to people talk about they fourteen finished fourteen games over and all this other stuff. You just broke it down. They turned up. Yep. After the All Star break. Yep. They turned up. It wasn't like they weren't like. 12 games over for the entire season and just kind of coasted to that 14. They were plus seven on their record after the all-star break. Can this team do something like that? I don't know, but the groundwork has been laid for them to repeat what they did last year after the break. I think this team is focused. I think they'll be ready to go. Last time I said, ah, they'll win. That was like before the Pistons game, they lost. So I'm not going to say that again, but I think, I, th- I think they're ready to play good basketball in the second half. That's what I want to see. I want to see them play good basketball. I want to see them, and, and that's and let me use the term again, and I'm sorry. I want to see them set the tone tonight. Mm-hmm. Set the tone for the game. Set the tone for the next 27. Mm. That's what I want to see. Mm, I'm drawing more similarities. First game back a Thursday at home against a lonely Western Conference foe, this was the Portland Trailblazers, beat the brakes off them. The second game back, down in Los Angeles to play the Clippers. Mm. 176-175. Well, Kenny just called it. Mm. It's going to be the all-star game on Sunday. (laughs) 200 points. Uh, we'll come back. We'll go commercial free till the top of the four o'clock hour. Matt George is going to join us at some point during that stretch. Uh, we'll talk Kings basketball. We'll get you all set. Steve and KC brought to you by Sky River Casino here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN thirteen twenty. All right, back here riding solo for a few minutes. Matt George will join us uh, closer to the bottom of the hour. He's headed into. Thank you. Thank you. Said he's headed into the ABC ten studios. Um, and KC uh, stepped out a little early. He's going to go. Go be coach dad here for a little bit, and then we'll make our way out to the uh, 
we'll make our way out to the Golden One Center for the Kings and the Spurs tonight. Of course, we get into our KSFM show with a little a little magic. I'll be live over there for a little bit, but a, a, little, a little radio magic is going to allow us to to spend some time at the arena. I don't even remember the last game I was at. Um, this 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 two station schedule like a bit of an animal. So sometimes we don't get out of here till you know well past seven eight o'clock. And it's just like I ain't going. I ain't going to drive all of the arena. Just got to get to the house and see what's going on. So I haven't been to a game in a little bit, so I'm excited we get the opportunity uh, to go tonight, especially on HBCU night. How hard some of our people who work behind the scenes there for the Sacramento Kings work to put this night together. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Is there any excitement going to see Wemby tonight? Because he's yeah, kind oh, of like that phenom player. Like, absolutely. Like just kind of like that up and coming. Like like was that you got a lot of excitement to see him? Yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 I mean I mean that's part of the reason I want to get there early. Like I want to see him on the floor. Like I want to see this young man in person. Like I I remember in you know it, it's always a blessing to to go to these games, but. I remember the first time I saw LeBron in person. Like I remember the like up close and in person. I remember the I remember seeing Giannis in person thinking this dude doesn't even look like human. Yeah, you mentioned LeBron too cuz I saw him it was funny. I've seen him a couple of times. The last time I saw him was like in the preseason or whatever. And even though mm-hmm. it's preseason, you watch him like, "No, nah, that's like LeBron James or whatever." You're just like, "Hey, like pay attention like to the person next to you. Like pay attention like that's LeBron." Yeah, it's it's in, like it's incredible. I didn't get to see Jordan. Like I didn't have the like I I never had the means to see Chicago or Washington even when they were here. I never saw Jordan live, but I've got to see LeBron. I've seen LeBron score, you know, fifty five. Like I, I I got to see Kobe Bryant, um, Giannis. Like yeah, I'm that, that that that's a good point. And and I think because it's so like we're, we keep talking about the set, second part of the season. We keep talking about the final stretch of the season. I I know I had to ask Kenny the other day. I was surprise like I I couldn't recall that this this is the first time Vic's been here. Yeah, yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, he'll be back, he'll be back pretty soon too coming up after I think the Spurs are right back. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really big deal. Victor Wembanyama's first trip to 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 Sacramento. Um I'm very excited to to see that young man. I mean, he's one of those guys a lot like LeBron James that we heard about for years upon years upon years upon years and it was just waiting the Victor draft, the Victor draft, the Victor draft. No, he's different. No, he's different. And a lot like LeBron, you see him for the first time and you realize, oh, they were right. Like seeing LeBron for the first time was like, they were right. And that was, you know, I think people like to gloss over the hype that was around Zion Williamson. There was massive, massive hype around Zion Williamson. And I, I don't, I don't know where like, that balances out because Zion's really, really good, but it was really, really loud around him. Like the president of the United States is going to watch him. His shoe blowing up was one of the one of the biggest things in sports media for for like six days. If he didn't get hurt, I think we'd be talking about him fulfilling his potential and all that. If he, like if he wasn't always so hurt, because like when he plays, he's still putting up the points. But see, he's and that's the thing. Like he's not like Greg Oden. Like Greg Oden was really good. Greg Oden never. It just never happened. Like, he couldn't stay healthy. Zion's not to that degree. Like, he plays enough to where you go like, this boy is nasty. But then something happens, and it's like, okay, he's out 20 games. And then he comes back, and he plays another 20, 25, or whatever it may be, and you're reminded, oh, this dude is the truth. And I think I think his off-the-court stuff also. Yeah, that like, doesn't help. That, yeah. That doesn't help. Like, it always, it always 
put someone not. in a certain mind, you know? He's got the he's got the the nonsense chalkboard behind him. Like, yeah. How, how many days have we gone without Zion Williamson nonsense? Uh but yeah, that's a that's a that's a great call, Jesse. I'm I'm excited to see uh Victor Wimbenyama. Um he's going to be like a focal point, uh obviously for the San Antonio Spurs. But this team, they do have capable scores and that goes back to Man, that goes back to the Will Z conversation. That goes back to the dreaded three-point defense. That goes back to what we've spent the last week talking about. What can this Sacramento Kings team do to be better? It goes back to that three-point defense because you don't always, you know, it's, it's again, it's TJ McConnell. It's a variety of different guys who come in here and go, I mean, they, they're, they're, they're fine players. Okay, wait a minute. Why is this fine ball player who's averaging 8.8 points per game coming in here and scoring 27 against Sacramento. Why is that so regularly happening? Will Z laid it out earlier. It's been laid out to death at this point. It's the Kings' inability to guard the three-point line. We talked about Keldon Johnson a minute ago. There's capable scores on San Antonio. Very, very capable scores. And we've seen San Antonio kind of have like a some anti-pop games this year where they get up points. They just get sucked into the to the druthers of what the NBA is right now. Bucket, bucket, bucket. No defense. Bucket, bucket, bucket. Little bit of defense. Bucket, bucket, bucket. That's the entire freaking league right now. <laughs> Shoot, Sacramento was historic last year. Now they're just whatever. I don't want to give them too much of a pass, but how much of the league being that way do you think plays into their three-point defense being so bad? And it could be like none at all or whatever, but... Like, I wonder about that because you just mentioned it right now. Like last year, they were a historic offense, and now it's just kind of like, yeah, like everyone's a historic offense now. Yeah, yeah, the, the, but it just happens too often against Sacramento. Like even Indiana, right? Indiana has the top offense in the league. Even Indiana has games that are like one ten to one hundred one, one ten to one, you know, one hundred five. They have the it 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 feels like Sacramento now. Take me too literally. Sacramento does have those. They just had one with Denver. It's just a lot more rare. It just that's it. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a lot more rare. And um, I won't. I'm I'm not gonna. Because I'm not like, gonna give the Sacramento Kings a pass for the way that they play defense. Yeah. But to your point, that's offense in the league now. That's just the way offense is. It's maddening. Because if the Sacramento Kings are playing that style of offense too, but it doesn't feel like they're shooting historical percentages against other basketball teams, whereas opponents are regularly doing it to Sacramento. Yeah, because even the Spurs, I think they're twelfth or eleventh right now on like three pointers attempted per game, have the worst three point percentage. But it's just like, like you said, it's the product of the league. Even teams like the Spurs now are just chugging them up. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's it's. I don't know how that changes. Um. I don't know how that changes. I don't know if that changes. I don't know any of that stuff. Um, I don't know if it's a phase the NBA is going through this three-point shot where you know we're you know we're 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 getting ready to see I think an evolution in the WNBA with Caitlin Clark where we're going to start seeing now you already in the WNBA see a lot more three-pointers being taken. Caitlin Clark enters the league next year, and some coach goes, oh, no, we're going to utilize your strengths. We're going to see that shot get up. I don't envision it changing, especially now that what, 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 I, I, what we 
referred to, or I, I think we kind of referred to as the Steph Curry generation. Like you have young players grew up who grew up watching Steph Curry. Like they want to play like him. They want to do what he does. And so that's what they mimic. Hopefully that's what they practice. Hopefully that's what they get out there and do when they're not getting with hit with the Patrick Ewing. Do you practice that? And that's an all-time great clip. It, 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 it's phenomenal. Well, you look at it too because it's probably easier at this point now just with the way guys play now. It's probably easier just to build a team that can probably get you 120 a game rather than a team that's going to hold you to like 105 or something like that. Like it's easier to find shooters rather than guys who can play defense and have a big impact like how it used to be, I guess. And and so it, and like when does that change though? Like and that, that's the that's 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 the the, the, I think we're 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 talking about the same thing in two very different ways. Does that change? I don't think it does. I think it stays that way going forward for a while. So those defenders, they're just gone. I think so, honestly, because like you said last year, like the Kings were one of like the best offenses of all time. Now it's just kind of like there's ten of those now. Yeah, there's there's, and I think that's the blueprint for the teams too. It's just like yeah, we'll build a team like I put up 120. Probably gonna have a better chance of winning than going the other way. But still, I can't remember the number. Still, when it came down to it, it was Denver and Miami. And I don't know where Denver was with offense, but wasn't Denver, were they like 11th on defense? I know we did this exercise. We don't have to keep They, they were around the top time. 10 at least. But they were, they were in that vicinity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Miami ain't rolling over. See, that's the thing, too. It's, it's, it's how much of it is sustainable in the regular season and how much of it's going to help you in the playoffs, I guess, too. Because it's like like last year we saw the Kings is just kind of they had nothing to fall back on. Well, and then it wasn't that, and and then wasn't that the (laughs) that was the narrative leading into that playoff series was that Sacramento's going to have to learn how to play defense somehow, and then in the playoff series they did, but that historic offense like dwindled away a little bit. Yeah, and the funny it's not funny it sucks. That's why they lost. Well, yeah, they lost because they weren't hitting shots. And, and that's what that's what Casey points out all of the time. Like they they didn't lose because they didn't have a lockdown defender. They lost because because if it if Harrison if if shots fall in Game Seven, Steph can go for fifty. Like you can live off of that. I think what it is because like you mentioned Denver and all you need a you need a balance. You can't be so much one way and not the right. other. Right. Like how we saw. Like and that's the, what yeah. Denver has. Denver has the balance of being able to go basket for basket with you, but in the final seven minutes, five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, whatever, they can they can up they have guys who will stick their chest out and play defense with pride, and I think Sacramento has that too. The problem is I I, I it just feels like and this is the Detroit game. They got comfortable not playing defense. Either that, they either got comfortable not playing defense or they were completely thrown off by Jaden Ivey because they didn't seem to change what they were doing against Jaden in the fourth quarter. Well, it's the thing. like They didn't change what they were doing, but that's just, that's just what they are. That's exactly. And, it, and it's just... And, and that has just, to change. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like we ask this question almost every week. It feels like just how, and I don't know if... I don't want to say they're not capable of it or whatever, but... It, it almost goes back to like Luke Walton wanting them to play defense for two, two dribbles, dribbles, or we yeah. can't. Like I can't, um, yeah. like um, I can't evaluate this what defensive doing. game plan yeah. or whatever. If they're not doing it. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know if it's a core thing or whatever or what, but it's just yeah, they haven't been able to figure it out. It starts with I think it starts with 
playing the and this is this is the this is the tricky part. You got to play defense at the jump. You have to and all all still Mike's words, you got to make them feel you. You you got to play with like urgency, but you can't wait till the fourth quarter to do it when everybody is in a rhythm. It's a great attribute to have, by the way, to be able to turn it on, to be able to ramp up, to be able to get really, really good on the defensive end. That's awesome. It's a great trait to have. But if they didn't feel you in the first, second, or third quarter, why are they going to sweat you in the fourth? Like that, the, it's like this, the sense of urgency, the sense of lockdown, the sense of cl- – it's phony at that point. It's contrived until you can actually stop it or perhaps more importantly in this situation, throw off their rhythm. Because guys will be in a rhythm by the time the fourth quarter comes around. Well, you mentioned the fourth quarter, too, and it's kind of like they play better on the road, but it's like taking it back to the home when we're playing at the Golden One Center or whatever. They kind of lean on the home crowd or whatever. Like, they have the energy where, like, they're able to play a different, like, another way, whereas, like, no, you're playing defense on the road or whatever. Just like you said, just start it from the beginning instead of using the crowd as a crutch or just kind of leaning on something else. Which is probably the flip side of what Kenny was asking about earlier when he was talking about the home crowd. Like, talking about... You know, did, did we discount the amount of games that this team played on the road and that impact that it might have had in the way that they played? Well, their numbers have been better defensively on the road. Okay, well, now they're at home, so what's that mean? They really just going to leave? All of, we, we, we've talked for 20 minutes about three-point defense, right? We talked for 20 minutes about defense in general. We talked with it with Will Z. We'll talk about it with Matt George when he joins us. You've got to do that at home now. And you figure it'd be easier to do it at home, too, just because like, you do have that energy to play off the crowd. It's just kind of like that's where you should be playing your best at all times. One thing that I find so fascinating about this team is they seem to be, and maybe this is most basketball teams and I just don't follow them the same way, but they seem to be very self-aware. They seem to be very aware of their faults, their issues, and what they're doing. Because they're always saying the right things. Always. Like, so there's always a discussion about how and why something happened. And we could discuss something to death. And the next day, Mike, Domas, Malik, they show up to talk to the media, De'Aaron, Harrison, whoever, and they say the same things that we just spent four hours the day before talking about. So clearly they're having those discussions in the room. They're having those, those discussions in the film room, now are you going to go execute? And to your earlier point, your earlier question, what's the reaction if they don't beat the San Antonio Spurs tonight? Yeah, it's 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 more of the same. Yeah, if they if they lose it, tonight, like for me personally, they lose tonight. It's kind of like because I'm giving them not the like yeah, I guess you could say the benefit of the doubt with this all star break. All right, you guys got your break or whatever. Some time to rest up. Mentals are all good or whatever. Physical like whatever you needed. Like now it's time to like turn it up a bit. And if it's flat again, it's just kind of like. Like, all right, like all those thoughts are just out. Now it's just let's see what the Kings are um, every night whatever, going forward. You'd be, yeah, you, you'd you be tough to convince me. Like, I'd like to hear the argument them as anything other than a playing team if they lose tonight. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I, the, the, the Phoenix game kicked me in the face for whatever reason. They pulled me back a little bit with the Denver game, and now it's like, all right. Again, for me, it's like, a lot of times, and I, you know, Matt George will join us here soon. I, I, I go back to that, uh, you know, he was really upset after that Memphis game. I'm not really with this game tonight. A win is a win, and he's you're right. 
a win. It's a it's a win in the win column. Boom, you're good. I need. I want them to set the tone tonight. Show me. Show us that you can close out with some urgency on the defensive end. That's the thing you should be able to too, because like we, you guys were saying earlier, like the Spurs have like NBA players, like good players, or whatever. They have Wemby, but it's like that's fine. They have Wemby. The Kings have Sabonis. They have Fox. They have Keegan Murray, Malik Monk. Like you have way more. Like no matter how good the players on the Spurs may be or whatever, looking at the NBA, they're not great as far as what's the thirty teams that are there. So you should, you should be able to handle them. Yeah. And that's I, I I want them to set the tone defensively, offensively. Uh, I want to see them like take control of this game. Um, but I also am trying to be fi- like San Antonio's coming out of an All Star break too. They don't have the same. They don't have the same type of aspirations. Like, hey guys, we're playing for a play in. Hey guys, we're playing for a playoffs. But they, they know what they are. Everyone knows what they are. But that's not a team that's just going to roll over and die for the next 27 games so they can go on vacation. This is a team that is going to work to make sure that Victor Wembanyama has good habits moving forward. They're going to work to ensure that Victor Wembanyama is put in the best possible situation moving forward. And these guys are going to bust their ass. That's one thing that bothers me a little bit about this game tonight is I feel like if you ask me to put Kenny's money down to say, what team is going to come out and play with urgency? What team is going to come out and play with 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 a passion for the season? I'd take Kenny's money and I'd put it on San Antonio. Well, why not? Because it's like looking at the Kings, it's like like and we say these things like coming out to Austin, like maybe they'll be able to turn it up. We have nothing to kind of there's no factual evidence to base that the Kings are gonna play better. There's nothing there. There's just more, last year. Yes. That's all we got. There's more evidence that they are who they were in the first part of the season. It's kind of I don't want to say throwing a penny in the wishing well or whatever you yeah, want to call no, it or whatever. It it's kind of like there's not really much to base it off of with this Kings team. Yep. It's kind of like a theory at this point. It's a hundred percent what it is. And it's, it's it's a hope. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. <laughs> it's, it's a like, hope. Like, if they don't turn it up or whatever, it's just kind of like, that's not on them. It's more so on us for having that because they already shown it's kind of who they are. And the and the, and the thing is, they're literally a game-to-game team. Um, I, I don't know. Like, one thing that I really appreciated about the Denver game is I thought the Kings stunk. I thought Denver stunk. I thought neither team wanted to be there. They just desperately wanted to get it over. Denver hit shots in the first half. Sacramento hit some shots in the second half. And when push came to shove, the Sacramento Kings, and particularly De'Aaron Fox, said, I got it. We're winning this game. I love the fact that in a situation like that against a team like that, they were able to close out. That's a, to me, that Denver game is one of the more unique wins of the year. I think a win like that shows, like, I don't want to say maturity, but just kind of shows like where you're at at this point in time, you know? And it came right after you blew them out. Like, you blew them out a, like a week prior. And it's like, okay, Denver's going to – and I know I thought it. Denver's going to come in feeling a certain way. They're going to want – okay, all right, this is going to be tough for Sacramento. Like, the Kings are game to game with what you get from them. Are the Kings their biggest, worst enemy? Man, sometimes it feels like it. Like, yeah, like obviously there's good like teams it. in the league. There's Minnesotas, there's Bostons and all that, where if mm-hmm. you put them up against the Kings, like, they're probably going to win and all that. But, like, ideally, like, over the 82-game season, like, is this team just no. – are they their biggest obstacle? See, and that's, and, and that's what makes them so baffling is one of their signature wins was being the first team to beat Minnesota at home. 
See, that's the thing too. You beat OKC a couple times. You're three and zero against the defending champs. It's like it's it's, it. it's there. We know you guys can do it. You can't beat the Eastern Conference teams. Whatever. Yeah, we'll we'll deal with that when you get to the finals. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll worry about that later. But yeah, they have they have moments where you're like, yo, this is really impressive. And it's why you know, like Kenny's talking about, this team comes out and looks bad tonight. All indications are they're probably going to look good Sunday. That's the thing. I was going to say it too. Like if they lose today, I'm not going to go. Oh, well, they're not beating the Clippers. It's like, no, yeah. they'll probably they'll show up and you, we'll see what happens. You 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 just don't know. Uh, let's bring in the very very well dressed. Look at this guy. Matt George, ready for Kings basketball to return uh, in his ABC 10 studios. What's up, buddy? No, that's good. No, that's great. That is tremendous insight, Matt. That's amazing. Matt, Matt I don't know if Matt has any idea. We, yeah, we can't hear you. Your, your window's muted, Matt. Yeah, yeah, I think you're, you're, no, just unmute your, no, no, your, your, your window's muted. You, you got it. There you go. No, I think you're fine. Can you say hi? Say hi to us, Matt. Nope. Oh, no. No, this is good. No, you might, no, this is no, this is this is this is tune into the Locked On Kings podcast for this tremendous content. This is my favorite silent film. This, this is this is really funny for the stream, just not for the radio, because y'all can't see that Matt's like mouth is moving and he's he's trying to deliver a message. We 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 cannot hear you. I guess he can hear us though. No, he can hear us, which is awesome. Maybe maybe your mic's not connected. You're you're unmuted. I'm, your mic is connected. Maybe we're just not destined to talk to each other today. Oh, he told he he told me to hold on. All right. Well, I will continue. I think. How about now? I can hear you now. Hey. What's up, man? Hey. No, it's fine. Um, can we do that all over again? Can we start over? This isn't live, right? Ladies and gentlemen, from the ABC Ten Studios, very well dressed, host of the Locked On Kings podcast, our good friend Matthew George. Hello. You wanted me to redo all of that just so you could say hello like that. Yeah, top of the show. Let's just no, let's just re rack it. You know, you you'd be better off honestly putting Jesse uh, back on. The Jesse screen. just hit the dump uh, button. We're fine. No one even knows anything happened. It's it's fine. it's all good, my friend. It is all good. Uh, clearly, you're dressed as if you're ready for the return of Sacramento Kings basketball tonight. We were just talking about, and I I really didn't think about this till earlier this week. This is Victor Wembanyama's first appearance here in Sacramento. I'm very excited to see him in person. Like just to see. Because to me, the NBA has kind of killed the Wemby hype just by <laughs> forcing the Spurs down our throats on pause on um, uh, just national television all year long. So to finally be able to actually see him in person for the just crazy athlete and and and, and like gifted freak of nature that he is, like the like people were pointing out too uh, that. Like I guess he was caught on camera talking to Shaq during All Star Weekend, and he made Shaq look like short, which is just incredible. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing Wemby in person. That being said, I don't want to see a competitive basketball game tonight, and mm-hmm. and I know Demondis Sabonis is likely not playing because of the illness uh, that 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 he has. But I mean, I I put it out there pretty clearly when I, I saw that report, like. The Kings have used their get-out-of-jail-free cards. The Kings have used up their wiggle room when it comes to not just losses against bad teams at home. Like They they burnt that when they lost to Charlotte and they lost to Detroit a couple of weeks ago. They've used up their wiggle room to, to drop winnable games, especially at home, period, with this Western Conference race picking up. So I'm excited to see Victor Winbanyama in person. As soon as the game starts, I want him to look like a rookie against a playoff team. I'm excited to see... 
who steps up for Demonda Sabonis because Sabonis is consistently the guy that's bringing it every single night. Is it going to be De'Aaron? Is it going to be Malik? Is it going to be a rejuvenated entire Sacramento Kings team? All I know is the only expectation that I have is what you just said. The Kings set the tone and the Sacramento Kings win this basketball game. Mm. And to me, there are, there is a bad way to win this game. They all count the same towards the Kings making the playoffs. But I think tonight is also about sending a message the same way the Kings sent a message coming out of the All-Star break last year. They heard all the noise. They heard all the crap about, hey, this team is inexperienced and all these experienced playoff teams are gunning for them now. They have a target on their back. They made these moves at the trade deadline. The Kings came out of the All-Star break hotter than anybody else in the league and secured that third seat. You've been there, done that. Do it again. That's what I want to see. If I were a Sacramento Kings skeptic, it's kind of what Jesse and I were just talking about right now. If I were if I were a skeptic uh, on the Sacramento Kings, be it a fan or a detractor or whatever, how would you sell me on given the Kings season, the ups, the downs? I think you once had a tweet that I got a chuckle out of. Stop this roller coaster. I'm ready to get off. How would you sell to someone? Now nah, the Kings are going to be just fine this final 27 games of the season. Boy, I'd be trying to sell it to myself, too, honestly. Mm. I, I think I would lean back on last season's experience, and I would lean on the fact that I still don't think, with the exception of a handful of games, we still haven't seen this team at its best. Now, the counter to that would be, are they ever going to reach that best, right? Are they going to reach that potential? And the answer to that is, I have no idea. But this Kings team is still, what are they, seven, eight games over 500, wherever they're at right now, and they have not looked like themselves offensively. The defense is slightly improved. I think you can make a case for at one point or another throughout this entire season, at least one of the core four Kings players being the big three and then Malik Monk has been in a rut. At, at some point, whether it was Keegan starting off slow, having a, having a really poor month of November, Demonte Sabonis was not necessarily, I mean, he's been playing fine, but he didn't have all the triple doubles and certainly wasn't scoring earlier in the season to the way that he's been scoring recently. Of course, while he's been scoring recently, De'Aaron Fox was in that little bit of a rut and Fox is starting to climb out of it. Then you know, Malik Monk went through like a two-week stretch where he wasn't scoring. He's exploded out of it. Keegan Murray is back in a shooting slump, not to mention the disappearing act and appearance of of two of your starters and Harrison Barnes and, uh, and Kevin Herter. Like this Kings team has just not been able to get on the same page yet. And But we've seen in games where they are, there was a game at home recently it might have been the Orlando double overtime game. There was a victory at home where the Kings had four or five players finish with 20-plus points. The Kings consistently win games when they have five or six players scoring double figures. We haven't seen that as much this year as we saw last year. So the best version of the Kings, I still think, is still yet to come. Mm-hmm. However, time is running out. It is. Why... Um... Another, another, we, you know, we were just talking, Jesse and I were just talking, this team seems to be, like, so self-aware. And, I, you know, go back to the earlier media sessions this week with Mike Brown and, and De'Aaron Fox and even, you know, yesterday with Malik and, and, and HB as well. This, this team is aware of its faults. It's aware of its issues on the defensive end. It's aware of that, like, ridiculous three-point defensive percentage stat that is out there, how they're one of the worst in history uh, in terms of guarding the three-point line. We have talked about the T.J. McConnell defense soundbite from Mike Brown, how Mike Brown was talking about how to play defense on T.J. McConnell, and it was the exact opposite way that the Sacramento Kings were actually playing defense in the game that just ended. This team seems so self-aware of its issues, but, man, it feels like it has a really difficult time of 
executing what they're talking about. Yeah, well, first, if I can flex on Sacramento a little bit, Sacramento's radio shows, Sacramento's podcasts, and most importantly, Sacramento's fan base knows ball. So we're clearly pointing out and seeing the same things that everybody else has seen and that the Sacramento Kings, their scouting department, their brilliant minds in that organization, plus head coach Mike Brown and the players themselves are seeing too. So one, we know our team here in Sacramento. Number two is it's like a glass half full, glass half empty way of looking at it, in my opinion. Like Mm -hmm. The Kings have clear issues that we've identified. We know that if they fix those issues, they're probably well on their way to being a great basketball team. The problem is they have the same clear issues that they cannot seem to address fully. And and I think that's kind of how Mike Brown feels to some extent, too. I I think Mike is also going like, hey, guys, he's backed off on his early timeouts this year compared to last year. Like And he's brought up many, many times how he wants to get to a point as a coach. And this is not laziness. This is just in his experience what it takes. He wants to get to a point as a coach where Steve Kerr was a handful of years ago, where he could sit back and kind of watch and allow the the, the team to handle themselves, allow the team to handle timeouts. Mike has re- repeatedly taken opportunities to take a step back and allow a player voice to take over a timeout or take over a huddle. And, and we've seen he's also more than willing to pass off uh, the mic or the torch to, to his assistant coaches when it's their their opportunity or, or their, it's in their best interest to help the team at that point in time. So, I think that's the thing. I think these they know what's wrong. Like we all can see what's wrong. It's just when they're in the trenches, when they're on the floor, when they're actively going through it, there's a disconnect of what they're seeing and strategically how to handle it and actually applying what they've learned, actually applying like the things that you need to do. Now, I, I think it's, it's a lot easier said than done from the fan perspective, but I think that ultimately speaks to the biggest problem with this Kings roster. And that's the roster. Like this roster has just got its holes. It has its pitfalls. It is not built to, to fully play the way that Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings want to play. It's just not like this, this team struggles with perimeter ends, not because these players aren't smart enough to know how to rotate. It's physically, athletically effort wise. They're just not built to play that way. Like, I think it just it, sometimes it's a simple answer, and that's that Mike needs Monty to go out and get some of those guys to help him play the way he wants to play. But that's a problem for tomorrow. That's right. a problem for this summer. Right. That, that, that issue's over. Now you got to build and go with what you got, which I think we need to refocus on the offensive end and just live with what you're going to do on defense. Yeah, I think that's the way a lot of Kings fans feel. And sometimes I wonder if that's the way based on – what was it? The post trade deadline press conference? Is that when Monty talked? It felt like Monty was like, Yeah, let's just get back to playing offense. Hey, I couldn't do anything for you on the defensive end, bro. Just get up and down, get these dudes in a rhythm to hit a high clip of threes, and let's get to the top six and then see what we could do, you know, defensively when we get to the playoffs. But I, I kind of get the sense that Monty was like, Look, man, this is what we have. This is what we got as a roster. This is what we have. Maybe it's not the defensive juggernaut that we all wanted, but we've got to get back to what we were offensively because the league, the league has surpassed us. We're not that much worse than we were offensively last year. It's just the league is significantly better. We've got to take a step forward in terms of what we do on the offensive end. And I think the Kings can hang their hats a little bit more on 
how they performed in the playoffs defensively too. Like that was a yeah. number one versus number two offense. And both teams defensively looked better than they were offensively. Sacramento makes the shots that they're, they're used to making or shoots the percentages that they've been shooting all during the regular season. The Kings win that series. So I think there's also an element maybe from Monty and he might've let it slip with his, like, we just got to get to the playoffs comment, but like get there and assume or hope or expect your offense to be better while your defense has shown that it can step up and play hard enough and play well enough to be able to win you a series or to be able to handle marquee prolific offenses like the Golden State Warriors of last year. Now, of course, Steph Curry had this games that he had in the 50-point game that he had, and there was one random game where Draymond beat you. So it's not like defensively the Kings were locked down that entire series, but we all know the Kings did enough defensively to win that series. They did, Mm -hmm. and offensively, that's what let them down. So I think with this team, you just kind of like you've made your bed now lay in it like you are an offensive powered team. I know Mike doesn't want to be the Mike D'Antoni first or second round playoff exits for four straight years. Well, you know what? You've only been a playoff exit for one year. Make it to the playoffs again because of your offense. Maybe make some progress and get to year two or sorry, the second series, the next round because of your offense. And then when you get inevitably knocked out, which I think we all believe the Kings are, I would be shocked if the Kings made it past the second round. If they did, great. Awesome. That's that's more fuel for your fire and you have more context. But the whole point to me of this season now is how are you going to perform in this Western Conference playoff race where every single game has tremendous amount of meaning from here, here on out? And then when you hopefully get back to the playoffs and play in a series again, how much better do you look this year compared to last year? Find out who's for real and who's falling behind, and you know who to replace this summer. Yeah, I'm not going to put a ceiling on what Sacramento can do. I'm not going to predict them to win a series or the finals or anything of that sort, but I will say you got to get there. Yep. You got to get there. Missing the playoffs would be devastating for a variety of reasons. One, from a just kind of a morale standpoint, but more importantly, that draft pick. That, that stupid Atlanta Hawks draft pick will just continue to linger around this organization if they miss the playoffs. Just make the playoffs. Put that stuff behind you. Uh, keep, it, keep it moving. This is a very, very important offseason one way or another uh, for Monty McNair coming up. But they have a 27-game stretch, as you pointed out, Matt. They excelled incredibly in the, in the post-All-Star uh, game stretch last year, and it feels like this isn't the hottest take I'll ever have, man, it might just center around De'Aaron Fox again. Like Domas has been phenomenal. You're going to need something from multiple guys. Everybody can't keep disappearing at the same time, but it starts with De'Aaron Fox, and if he's closer to that 28-29, 30-point-per-game score, I think the Sacramento Kings are in great shape. If he's closer to the 22-23 point-per-game score, I think that's a tough. I think that's a that's a that's a tough gamble for Sacramento. The Luke Walton saying lives on. The head of the snake. I mean, it's it's just who De'Aaron is and who he has to be for this team. There are there are good enough players in this roster is talented enough to where De'Aaron doesn't have to be perfect every single night for the Kings to have a chance. That's the good news. The bad news is like the 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 wiggle room for De'Aaron just like the wiggle room for the Sacramento Kings is is cooked. Like your safety net is cooked. De'Aaron has to be hopefully knock on wood, he doesn't get injury injured or anything like that or have any more lingering injury issues than what he's already been battling with. But De'Aaron, he has to be the start of the season, De'Aaron, in my opinion, for the Kings to make the playoffs. 
or just secure the playoffs outright. You yeah. want to avoid the plan at all costs because we all have the doomsday scenario in our head of a, of a playing game against the Golden State Warriors where we're all literally going to throw up regardless of how that game goes. We're just not – nobody wants to see it. Literally nobody. I promise you the Warriors don't want to see it either. Those, like, those games against the Warriors are vomit-inducing for sure. <laughs> so you just – you want to avoid that at all costs, and you're absolutely right. It's going to be De'Aaron to take you there. But also, like – this team really doesn't make excuses. We try and come up with explanations that that borderline excuse from time to time. I don't want to hear anything involving fatigue or mm. mental fatigue, physical fatigue, nothing for the remainder of the season, and certainly nothing tonight. I think Jesse put it best before I hopped on. Like There should be absolutely zero f- coming out flat for the Kings tonight against San Antonio. At home, you know what's at stake. Go out and send a message. Like that's that is the most inexcusable thing that the Sacramento Kings can do. And I hope to God that this is the last we talk about it. Uh, confident they will. Yes, I do. Be- like I, I believe in this team, and I believe that they they recognize what's at stake, and this team typically performs when they're at stake. Uh, I'm looking forward to the pregame press conference too, because I'm going to ask Mike Brown about what he learned or what he remembers from how they came out of the all-star break last season and how they can replicate that or what's different this time compared to that time. Cause knowing Mike, he'll give an insightful answer. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Matt George, know you had to scramble the Brown uh, a little bit to join us today. So appreciate you as always locked on Kings podcast, of course, ABC 10 as well. I'm going to head over to one Oh two five for a little bit. Uh, you're welcome to join me. We'll run it back here next. Uh, more Kings coverage ahead on Sacramento sports leader, ESPN 1320. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 